Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Accessible Intellect, the podcast where I talk about things that I find interesting in a way that will hopefully be of some value to you. In today's episode, I'm going to be discussing a topic that I find endlessly fascinating, and that is three-dimensional space. My favorite paper that I ever wrote in college was on this topic, and I'm going to be going over a lot of the ideas from that paper today. Dimensions and space are definitely geometric topics, and therefore, yes, this is another math episode, but I don't actually think this one is going to feel super mathy, so I encourage you to stick around even if you hated geometry in high school. I'm not going to bring up angles or arc lengths or any theorems, and the only numbers that are going to be involved are 1, 2, 3, and 4, so if you can handle that, then you should be good to go. With that said, I'm pretty confident that some of the things that I'm going to be discussing today will blow your mind, and I say that because they blew mine when I first heard them. So without further ado, let's get into it. I think the first order of business here is to establish a common understanding of what the dimensions actually are. And if you feel like you already have a strong grasp on dimensions, which likely many of you do, don't tune out because I'm going to build upon the explanations that I'm about to give. I had a really hard time deciding if it made more sense to explain zero dimensions first and then move up to three dimensions, or to start at three dimensions and then move down to zero. And my final decision was to start at three, move down to zero, and then make our way back up to three. So that's what I'm going to do. The world that we live in is a three-dimensional one. It's made of things like people, objects, and animals, but to simplify things, we can say that our 3D world consists of things like cubes, cylinders, and pyramids. These things all have length, width, and height, which are the three dimensions, and we are able to move up and down, forward and backwards, left and right, or any combination of these directions. If we were to get rid of one of these three dimensions, length, width, or height, that would of course turn our 3D world into a 2D one. A helpful way to visualize a 2D world is as a flat piece of paper, since paper clearly has length and height, but its width is very minimal and easy to imagine as non-existent. Of course, this is an abstraction because paper is actually three-dimensional, but it's helpful for visualization purposes. If you lived in this 2D world on a piece of paper, you would only be able to move within that piece of paper, left and right, forward and backwards, or a mix of those but it would be impossible for you to jump out of the paper or even know that space out of the paper even exists. Things that can live in a 2D world can be anything that can be drawn or printed on a piece of paper. But note, although we can draw or print a realistic looking horse on a piece of paper, that doesn't mean that a horse as we know it to exist in our 3D world could exist in a 2D world. Rather, the horse would have to be completely flat as it is on the paper that we drew it on, despite perhaps having the illusion of depth from things like shadows. But to simplify things, we can simply say that a 2D world is a world of shapes like squares and circles. Let's again get rid of one of our dimensions to arrive at a one-dimensional world. I think it's helpful to imagine a one-dimensional world as a straw, which is again admittedly a 3D abstraction, but I think it's a helpful analogy. If we imagine the straw as having no dimension other than its length, we can see how the only things that could fit into the straw are straight lines whose direction matches that of the straw. If we imagine a line as a pipe cleaner and the straw as our world, we can see how the pipe cleaner can fit into the straw, which represents a line fitting into our 1D world. In a one-dimensional world, we are only able to move in one way, that is, the direction of the straw. 
Again, it would be impossible for us to jump outside of the straw or even know that space existed beyond the straw that contained us. This makes sense because a pipe cleaner in the straw can only move forward and backwards within the straw. If there were two pipe cleaners in the same straw, they could move towards each other until they touched, but there would be no way for them to overlap or hop over one another because that would require a dimension that they don't have by definition. Recall that pipe cleaners are just abstractions for lines, so we can say that a one-dimensional world is a world of lines. We can actually go even further than this and get rid of the one dimension that we have left. Once we do this, we are left with a zero-dimensional world in which there is no length, no width, and no height. The only thing that can exist in a zero-dimensional world is a single point, similar to the very tip of a sharp pencil. No movement is possible in this world because there is simply nowhere to go. The zero-dimensional world is the world of a single point. At this point, no pun intended, we haven't really hit upon anything interesting. All we've established is that in zero-dimensional worlds, we have zero-dimensional objects, points, that move in zero directions. In one-dimensional worlds, we have one-dimensional objects, lines, that move in one direction. In two-dimensional worlds, we have two-dimensional objects, like 2D shapes, that move in two directions. And finally, in three-dimensional worlds, we have three-dimensional objects, like 3D shapes, that move in three directions. Where it gets really interesting is when we start to consider what living in these types of worlds would actually be like, specifically how we would perceive these worlds if we lived in them, which has interesting implications for the 3D world that we call home. First, in a zero-dimensional world, we not only can't move around, but we also can't look around because, again, there's literally nothing around us. We are a point in a whole world that is also just a point, so we take up the entire world with no room to spare. So, living in a zero-dimensional world, you couldn't even say that you perceive your world in zero dimensions because you can't see any other points. There aren't any other points. If this is confusing, I think it will be a bit more understandable as we add more dimensions. In a one-dimensional world, which, remember, is the world of the straw and pipe cleaners within the straw, we could look only in the direction of the straw's length. So, if I am a pipe cleaner in the straw, and there is another pipe cleaner in the straw with me, and we're of course not overlapping because that would be impossible, I would be able to see the other pipe cleaner. However, I wouldn't be able to see the length of that pipe cleaner. I'd only be able to see the very tip of it in front of me. That is, if you're a line in a one-dimensional world, you can't see other lines. Rather, you can only see points. So, in a 1D world, you're actually seeing the world in zero dimensions, since you can only see points, and points are zero-dimensional. Though, because you know that your world is made up of lines and not points, when you see a point, your brain would instinctively know that it was actually a line, even though we could only see its tip and not its guts. And when I say guts, I just mean the insides of the line, everything but the very tips. It's also worth noting that if a zero-dimensional object, a point, were to exist in our one-dimensional world, we would have no problem seeing it, though we might mistake it for a line because we see lines as points as well. Let's move up to our two-dimensional world now, which, remember, is like a piece of paper with some shapes on it. If I'm a square on a piece of paper and I see another square on that same piece of paper with me, I would actually just be seeing a line. If you're having trouble picturing this, imagine you cut out a square piece of paper and hold it up to your eyes so you're only seeing the very thin width of it. You'd essentially just be seeing a line. And the same would be true if you cut out a circle instead of a square, or a pentagon, or even an intricate horse shape. 
Although we'd see these shapes as lines in a 2D world, we would understand that they are actually shapes and not lines because we live in a world of shapes and not lines. We'd see a shape as a line because we could only ever see its edges and never its guts. And here, guts refers to the insides of the shapes, everything but its edges. But if a circle, square, and horse cutout all look like a line in a 2D world, how could we differentiate between them? How could we know if we're looking at a circle versus a square? We could infer what shape we're looking at by the way it changes appearance when it rotates. We can imagine that when our circle paper cutout rotates, it will always look the same. However, if we cut out a rectangle that's really long in one direction but short in the other, when we rotate this, the line that we see will get longer and longer and then shorter and shorter as we alternate between the long side facing us and the short side facing us. From this, we'd be able to have a general idea about what shape we're looking at, even though we wouldn't be able to see the whole shape at once or the insides of the shape. Note again that if a one-dimensional object, that is, a line, were to somehow come into this 2D paper world, we'd be able to see the whole length of the line and its guts, which we couldn't do in a 1D world. Although, if a line was somehow in a 2D world, we'd likely mistake it for a shape, since we also perceived shapes as lines. I realize that this might be a bit confusing or hard to visualize. The points that I'm trying to convince you of are this. First, if we are living in a world of X dimensions, then we actually see the world in one less dimension than is actually there but our brain is able to fill in the gaps for us. So living in a 2D world, we only see one dimension, but we can infer two. Similarly, living in a 1D world, we actually see zero dimensions, but can infer one dimension. Lines see other lines as points, but understand them as lines. Squares see other squares as lines, but understand them as squares. That's to say, we can't see the guts of an object that is in our same dimension. A line can't see the middle of another line, and a square can't see the middle of another square. The second point I want to emphasize here is that we can see the entirety of, or the guts of, an x-dimensional object if we afford ourselves one more dimension. Take for example a zero-dimensional object, a point. If we put this point in a 1D world, or a straw world, we could see all of it. Or if we look at a one-dimensional object, a line, in a 2D world, or paper world, we can again see all of it. If we look at a 2D object, like a square, in a 3D world, like the one that we live in, we could see all of it. We can see the entirety of, or the guts of, an object that are in lower dimensions than our own, though we can't see the entirety of, or the guts of, objects that are in our own dimension, or of course, higher dimensions than our own. This gets interesting when we move up to a 3D world. Recall the first thing that I just recapped. If we are living in a world of X dimensions, then we actually see that world in one less dimension than is actually there, but our brain is able to fill in the gaps for us. So for us and our 3D world, this means that we actually see our 3D world in just two dimensions, but our brain is really good at filling in the information that we can't see. I realize that it might take some convincing that we actually see in two dimensions instead of three. Recall how squares can't see the insides of other squares and lines can't see the insides of other lines. This is the same for us. If there's a box in front of me, a 3D object, I can't see what's inside of the box. If I have a person in front of me, I can't see their literal guts. I can only see the boxes in the person's outermost layer, which we can think of as their edges. Also recall that a line sees another line as just a point, and therefore can't know how long that line actually is. Similarly, in a 2D world, 
a really long but skinny rectangle might look small if the short end is what's facing us. In the 3D world, this is comparable to if you were looking at a pencil straight on. You wouldn't be able to tell how long the pencil is without changing your orientation towards it. It could be an inch long, or even technically a mile long if it's the world's longest pencil. Our brain can infer the dimension that we don't see because of a few things. First, we know that we live in a 3D world, so when we see a chair, for example, we assume that it has depth, even if we don't change our perspective to prove that. Also, the fact that we have two eyes gives us depth perception, which our brain uses to infer that different objects exist at different distances from us or different planes, which allows us to infer, again, three dimensions. Since we see in two dimensions, that means if we are shown something two-dimensional, we might be tricked into thinking that it's actually three-dimensional. In other words, we can be tricked into thinking that things have depth, when in reality, they're completely flat. You might be thinking that only a fool would fall for such a thing, but this actually happens all the time. Whenever you watch TV, whether it's animated or live action, the screen that you're looking at is of course flat. The pixels are only oriented left and right and up and down. They display flat images of a 3D world, and our brain interprets these 2D images as 3D. There are also really talented artists who make drawings of objects in a way that makes the objects look like they are real and standing on top of the page, not just flat and drawn on the surface of the page. And I've linked some of these drawings in the description of the episode if you want to check those out. They're really cool. If we could truly see in three dimensions, we would be able to see all of everything around us at once. Similar to how when looking at a piece of paper full of shapes, we can see all of the shape's edges and their insides all at the same time without having to change our orientation towards it. So in our world, that would mean that if we were looking at a made bed, for example, we could see the covers and the sheets and the mattress and the insides of the mattress all at once, even if the bed is totally made like normal. If you're having a hard time imagining what this could possibly be like, that's because it's literally impossible for us to imagine, just as it's impossible for a square to imagine seeing all of another square and its insides at once. Our dimensional reality determines what we can see of our world. Although it's impossible for us to see in three dimensions, that is, to see all of the bed at once, for example, we can imagine that a 4D creature in a 4D world could. When we look at 2D shapes on a piece of paper, we can see all of the shapes at once without issue, and that is because of our ability to hover above the page and look down on it, which is directly afforded to us by the third dimension of height that we get, but the shapes do not. A 4D creature could look down on our 3D world in a similar way and see everything at once in a sort of super x-ray vision sort of way. Next, when we look at 2D shapes on a piece of paper, it's easy for us to be like, oh, just move up and out of the page. It's so obvious where the extra dimension is. But the idea of up is outside of the comprehension of the shapes. A 4D creature looking upon our world might say the same sort of thing to us. To them, it's completely obvious where the extra dimension is, where we would need to go in order to jump out of the page, so to speak. But it's impossible for us to comprehend where that extra fourth dimension is and how to get there, just as it was impossible for the shapes to imagine jumping out of the page that they were constricted to. Part of the reason why I love thinking about the fourth dimension and even dimensions beyond that is I find it very humbling. When we discuss the lower dimensions, like the straw world or the paper world, it's easy to feel like we are greater than them because we can see things in a way that they can't, in a way that makes their world seem insignificant and simple. 
But again, a 4D creature, whether that really exists or not, would look down on our 3D world in this same way. It would see our world as insignificant and simple, which are probably not two words that you would use to describe your existence. Honestly, what I talked about in this episode today was only about half of what I was planning on discussing. It ended up being a lot more than I anticipated. So if you liked this episode and want to hear the second part of what I was planning on in a future episode, feel free to let me know in the comments. That episode would be more about 3D technologies, like virtual reality and 3D movies. I want to give a shout out to the book Flatland by Edwin Abbott, because that's the book that taught me most of what I shared in this episode. There's also a movie adaptation, which I know a lot of geometry teachers show in their classrooms, so maybe you've even seen that. This book is definitely very weird, but I would absolutely recommend it to anyone that enjoyed this episode. It's actually a story more than a lecture or an essay. Plus, it's extremely short. I think it's like 100 pages. I think grappling with our three-dimensional world and actually thinking about how there can be dimensions beyond us is a really humbling and mind-boggling experience, and I find it to be a worthwhile exercise in stretching my imagination. I very much hope that you have found that to be true as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode of Accessible Intellect. If you liked it, I recommend that you check out my earlier episodes and follow the podcast so you never miss a new one. I'm actually at 48 followers, so if you follow, I'll be one step closer to 50. You can also leave up to a five-star review, which would help me out a lot. What would mean the most to me is if you shared the podcast with a friend. That, more than anything, helps me grow. A lot of work goes into making this podcast, and I want to make sure that it reaches as many people as possible. If you have an idea for a topic that you'd like me to discuss, I'd love to hear about it. You can put that or any feedback in the Q&A section, which you can find at the bottom of the episode on Spotify. I truly love reading what you have to say. Your feedback and sharing makes a bigger difference than you realize. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye, everybody.